This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League. 1 2 wicket Tunga. Here's Moy right footed. 1 0 Huddersfield Town. Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Round De Gea. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. 2 0 Huddersfield Town. Here's Sanka to turn it into the pattern. Yes! Tommins scored! Tommins has scored! One of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history! De Plattras forward, De Plattras got the better yes! And Laurent De Plattras scores! Laurent De Plattras scores! Hello and welcome to the warm-up episode 12. Uh, the weather outside is frightful, as you've probably seen, but the banter on this podcast is so delightful, um, hence the cringing voices from Chris and Marcus. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the episode. I'm your host, Freddie Frost, and uh, I'm joined by the stat man himself, Chris Markham. Chris, how are you? I'm all right, man. I never thought I'd say this, but I've missed Matt's cringy warm-ups after that. <laughs> Honestly, that... oh. Matt, where are you, mate? I'm only joking. No, Chris, we all we all know that was poor, and um, this is pre-recorded, but still, we just need to forget that ever happened. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Matt, uh, he pulled up uh, with an injury in the warm-up for the warm-up, but we've uh, pulled off a cracking emergency loan signing. It's uh, Huddersfield Town assistant women assistant manager Marcus Wilkinson. How are you, Marcus? Good evening. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, um, just less said about that intro, the better. Yeah, we're going to say, you can't, you can't be much worse than the intro, so. 
<laughs> Bloody hell! First, first guest appearance, and he's get. Oh God! Come, come back. One nil down Sorry. early on. We just need to get back on full terms soon. That's yeah, not start we wanted, but the fans were class. Not <laughs> anyway, gentlemen. <laughs> allow me to set the scene. Um, you don't have to cast your mind back very far. Obviously, we recently played Watford. Uh, nice two 0 win with uh, probably one of my favourite goals of the season. The uh, Etienne Capuro goal that was hilarious. Um, but they do have a new manager. That's what happens when you play town. They just have to sack the manager because um, you know we're just far too good. Um, so it's uh, so they're Watford, um, where we're going down to Vicarage Road. They're six in the table. As I mentioned, they've got the new boss, forty-year-old uh, Zisco Munez. Munoz. Um, no idea if I got that right. He was <laughs> his kind of experience. He guided. Um, a team in the Georgian League to the league title, so not a, not a big name. He's been in charge for three matches, uh, a 1-0 win over Norwich City and two defeats to Swansea and Man U in the Cup. So it's fair to say we don't don't really know much about him, um, but we, it might be a bit of a different game. So interesting when I was kind of looking into this, though, um, Watford seemed to be the most informed team on their own turf in the league, um, which kind of surprised me. So in 11 games, they won eight drawn two and lost one so I was, I was quite interested about that so that's kind of preview in the way game but Chris um, can you tell us a little bit about what you thought about the the previous game the 2-0 uh, victory at home yeah I think it, it like you say it's such an interesting one and a hard one to predict this in in a million ways like if I was still there and trying to analyze this for the manager and the coaching team I'd be doing my nut because anything that could go wrong and be uncertain is uncertain, which obviously get on to in a minute. But obviously in that last game, uh, as we mentioned before that, which we actually, like you say, got the manager sacked, they actually started with a back three, um, where we mentioned maybe in the warm-up pod that was an, op- an option that they might go with, and they actually ended up going with it. Um, I don't think that's going to happen this time. I think it looks like this new manager has settled on 4-4-2, uh, the good old-fashioned 4-4-2. And I think the thing, obviously, they will definitely be looking back at the match against us to see what the approach was. Uh, it's interesting, I think you mentioned Matt, speaking to the Watford fan, he feels this manager's a little bit more proactive, I think you just mentioned there. Mm. I was actually surprised that they let us build out from the keeper in that last game uh, and let us almost get into the middle third and in the halfway line and then look to press and, and wait for us to make mistakes. Um, it is harder to high press with the back three, I suppose, uh, which is obviously what they went with. So obviously the game plan was more to let us have it, get into that middle third, and then try and work um, work us and, and and get them to make get us to make errors in that middle third, so they could counter attack with their pace, which we said we were worried about that they had with Saar and Gray. Um, <laughs> sadly for them, or really delightfully for us, it wasn't them that made, it wasn't us that made the errors. So, obviously, as you mentioned, the own goal. But if you look early doors on that game, the first goal was obviously a big error from Ben Foster trying to play out from the back. Gets closed down. It's a tapping almost uh, for the first goal. And then, obviously, they had a couple of good chances. Ryan Schofield makes a couple of good saves in the first half. And then the, the, the own goal as well. So, really, out of a tight game with not much going on, it was going to be mistakes that led to that goal and that, uh, to the goals and the big moments in the game. And and I thought that's what happened. Obviously, the second half then becomes a different entity. So then they pressed a bit more. We, we allowed them to dominate. We allowed them territory. We allowed them. And to be honest, we, we were fairly, other than a couple of, again, some, some more decent uh, point-blank saves from, from Schofield, it wasn't, like a, it wasn't like we were under siege. I thought we dealt with it fairly well. So obviously, we then saw it out for a 2-0. <laughs> a 2-0. So 
I think that the interesting thing is what the new staff for Watford will take from that game and the other things, again, that for, for Watford being a good home team, us being a poor away team, I think the three games you've described for Watford, Norwich near top of the league, Swansea away, hard game um, against a team in the playoffs and then United in the cup. This might be the first game that the new manager feels he can target as well, particularly when he sees the list of people we are not going to have available. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting and such a difficult one to predict. But based off the last game and the new manager, I think, you know, it, it signs point to the fact that they might actually come out and have a bit of a go at us this time. Maybe press was a bit higher uh, and, and commit more bodies forward. Obviously, they're going to have two strikers and with the two wingers they've got, including Sarr, it might even look more like 4-2-4 at times. Yeah, no, those are all great points. I mean, Marcus said Chris kind of uh, touched on some some good stuff there. Do you kind of agree? Similar um, the mistakes were how how we really won the game, really, and also um, with this new boss, it it might be a bit of a tough one, tough one on Saturday. Yeah, echo everything Chris said there. I think he he summed everything up perfectly. Um, the game back at the John Smiths, like you say, was the first goal was an error from Ben Foster, where normally he clear his lines and then we don't go in front of that moment, but. Like you say, the new managers come in, they've gone to a, an old style 4 4 2. And the point that I want to touch on that Chris touched on there, he'll have seen the fixtures and he will have probably highlighted us as, as one to really get the season going for them. So it, I think it'll be a total different Watford side to what we played against a couple of weeks back, anyway. No, definitely. Um, and just to you know, make everyone feel even more positive, uh, we've only won twice uh, on the road this season. So um, I'm going to, going to come to you, Marcus, actually, for a, for a key player from Watford uh, that you think could cause us a couple of problems on Saturday. Um, I think the main one is the young Brazilian, Xiao Pedro. Um, I believe he's just been out with a, an injury and I think he's just back in, back in selection now. So, you know, a really good, young, skillful, talented player. He, he was also the top scorer this season. So, I think um, he's one that we need to try and nullify the best we can. Um, there's quite a few, but I think João Pedro is the one, the standout one for me. Chris, what about yourself? Yeah, I think we said it last time. And the one thing that is constant, I suppose, and the one thing that we do know is the players who are going to be playing, mm. um, which I suppose helps. Oh, we know the squad that they've got hasn't changed too much. For me, when I looked at the last game as well, I thought when they did have joy, it did come down there right, like we thought it would with Saar. And I'm going to wow. stick with him. Uh, again, he's, he's an easy one because he's probably the best player and one of the best players in the league on his day. But when they did look dangerous, I did think it was down that side and, you know, getting in behind a couple of crosses. Um, and, and obviously, you know, led to their, their better opportunities. So I am going to go for Saar. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how we, how we respond um, to, to how he played last time and, and obviously the pace that he and Gray, Andre Gray have down that side. Yeah, definitely. And we've touched on the injuries, but that'll be a big test defensively for Toffolo. Um, I, I was tempted, like you, Chris, to pick uh, someone I picked last time, which was Ken Semmer. I actually thought he was a bit underrated and quietly went about his business. But I, I've, I've actually gone for the keeper. Um, I think Ben Foster um, had a bit of an interesting season, obviously doesn't really make mistakes and um, was the victim of... Uh, Jamal Lowe celebrating him in front of his GoPro camera the other week, which was which was uh, amusing and fair play. If you do do a group. YouTube channel, mate, in the Championship, you've got to expect a bit of yeah. that. Oh, exactly. 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, but yeah, I pick Foster because 
weirdly, I think this build up to the game, it's one of them where we've got a lot of injuries. I, I almost feel like it's kind of, uh, we've got nothing to lose. No one's really expecting us. And uh, unfortunately, I, I could, because he made that mistake in the previous game and it was so close, I expect him to be up for this one. So, um, yeah, for the few chances we have, I think he'll be on it, especially at home. Um, but anyway, enough about Watford. We're, we're, we're a town podcast, so I want to hear your town key players. Um, so, Chris, I'll come to you first because I went to Marcus first last time. Yeah, um, I think I've probably summed it up there. It was going to be uh, Saar. Obviously, we now know that's not the case. He's not playing. The reason I say that is last time, I, like I mentioned briefly there, I did think they targeted him in an out of possession. I thought they let him have the ball when we were building. And I thought that obviously the high-profile errors that Saar has made um, for goals this season uh, in possession. And I thought out of possession as well. They did play on him. Gray played on him a little bit and tried to get inside and link closely with Saar. Obviously, now without him, <laughs> without a lot of the centre-backs, it's going to be a huge test for whoever plays there if it is. Uh, Critchlow, Noble, and and I'm going to go Toffolo though. He's going to end up being the leader of that back four this week. Um, and I, we keep saying it often. There's a lot of good right wingers in this league, and none of them better than him. An away game, backs to the wall. It's going to be it's going to be hard work for him. But if he can nullify that threat, and obviously he does give us impetus going the other way as well. I think we're going to probably have to make the most of our opportunities when we do get in the final third. And if he's if his delivery is good and his his energy gets us up the pitch, then it might make us things a little bit easier at the other end. Yeah, no, I, th- I think he needs to have a good game for us to to get something. And, and like you say, <laughs> seems like uh, everyone's out. I'm surprised they're not going to bring Booby out of retirement for this one. So <laughs> good, good pick, Chris. Um, Marcus, what about you? Who who do you think is going to be key to Town getting some joy from this game? Um, a slightly different one, but I've looked at everything in terms of the players we've got available to us and a different kind of shape. But when I say a different one, I'm going to go with, after his performance against Plymouth, Alex Vallejo. Um, I think, you know, the centre-backs options were very youthful at the back. We don't have a lot of experience. So I think I'd personally put him in, in there alongside Hogg just to be the shield and just to protect them younger lads at the back. So I think he can he can stop the midfield of, you know, he likes of Cleverly and, it's a good shout at that. It's a good yeah. shout that for loads of reasons, but as well because he's good on the ball. Mm-hmm. With the four four two shape that they're going to play, we can dominate that middle of the pitch numbers yeah. wise. Yeah, you know we can stop them getting on it if you do have a hog of a Leo and then one of our other centre mids mm-hmm. playing a little bit more advanced. It does give that good shield as well. I think that's a really good shout actually. Yeah, probably no, a, a good way for us to try and dominate possession, and that might be the best way of us not conceding. Mm-hmm. Keep yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I, I agree. I think that's a great shout, um, Marcus. I, I, I nearly thought of putting Vallejo on myself because, um, to be honest, you know, I thought he was one of the, the good things from, from the FA Cup game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've actually gone for um, probably the only fit senior striker we have at the moment, which is Fraser Campbell. I feel like, again, I've touched on him a lot. I've been impressed with him this season. Not He's not a prolific goal scorer, as we've talked about, but I think his work rate and, you know, if we're going to get any joy, I think he needs to kind of hassle and harry uh, the Watford defence, you know, for us to, to get an opening. And he'll put a shift in, which I think he'll need to, given how many injuries we've got. So, um, yeah, I've gone for, for, for Campbell there. Um, but, yeah, anyway, we're talking about former uh, current players. It'd be a good chance to talk about former players and who you'd bring back. Now, we've not got the jingle yet. I was tempted to 
to sing Return to the Mac, but given how my uh, intro went down like a lead fart, I think I'll um, not give you. Oh, don't be shy. Come on. <laughs> no, I've not. It's not. It's not the quiz. I've not had a drink, so I can't do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, who? I'm going to go for you, Marcus, because you get you're the guest, so I'll be nice to you. And also, you were you were teasing me a little bit, saying this is a, an interesting one. So I'm intrigued to see which former player you would bring back for this game. Yeah, again, um, a very obscure one, and it's in the defensive half of the pitch. Um, a man by the name of Rob Page, oh, wow. centre back. Um, and why I say that is, you know, up against a, a Tridini and Andre Gray, he was he was brave as a lion, and he ended everything and blocked everything, and always put his body on the line. And I think if, you know, if we had him at the at the heart of the back four in this game, um, I think we'd be a lot a lot more solid. And I think. We kept numerous clean sheets. I know in his first four games, we kept four clean sheets. And and I think he only played 11 games. And I can't remember how many keep, uh, clean sheets he kept in that time. But I just remember watching him. And I really actually enjoyed him playing. Nice, mate. Nice and obscure. I did not expect that in a million years. <laughs> no, no. Your rationale, though, is absolutely spot on. Because I'm going to nip in here, if you don't mind, Brady. Yeah, go for it. Um, your rationale is spot on in terms of that youthfulness. We've got no experience. He did bring that. He was more... I always felt he was more of like your motivator and your leader. And obviously, like you say, he was a big presence. I'm going for something similar, but someone who's probably brought a bit more, even more, not a bit more, even more calmness. Because I thought Rob Page did bring that as well. Someone maybe that was a little bit more um, suited to this system as well in terms of being a bit more comfortable on the ball and um, being able to suit us that way. I'm not sure Rob Page would have been enjoyed uh, 1v1 against Andre Gray playing out on the touchline. So I'm going to go Chris Lucchetti. He had two spells with us and when we first signed him was for a decent amount of money and he was a young, young player and ended up being captain for us. So I'm going to go Chris Lucchetti, like a, a, a double spell. So he returned to the Mac squared. Uh, returned to the Mac, returned to the Mac. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Chris Lucchetti. I'm also going to um, – we have been in touch with the, the mysterious Mr. Shaw. Um, and he's sent across his pick. And he's gone for someone who's going to, again, add a little bit of calmness, but not in the defensive line. Uh, someone who can dictate the play, and obviously, like we've mentioned about Vallejo and Hogg might be instrumental in that middle of the field. And he has gone for um, a certain Mister, someone from the Leeds Road days again. Shock is is old to be fair, Matt um, uh, is Chris Marsden. So I'm going to throw Matt's Chris Marsden in there. Brady, no, well, well remembered, Chris. God, we do our homework on here. Um, yeah, that is uh, to be honest, lads, I was really struggling with this one. Uh, oh, God. And no, I've not. So this is a bit of a, a sacrifice knowing it's not going to um, it's not going to win this week. But I, I think I'm a big fan of Carol Iting. I know he's looked a bit flat recently, but he's out, he's out for the season. And I think we lack someone who's you know a bit of a playmaker. So I've gone for Casey Palmer, uh, someone I'd, you know, who's knocking about in the championship still. And I think would make a huge difference to the town right now. Um, I think in that promotion season, as we all joke, I always pick a promotion season player, but it's because I'm not old, like you said about Matt. Sorry, Matt, when you're listening back to this. Um, but yeah, I've got I've gone Casey Palmer because, again, I think we just if we're going to get any joy from this game, we need someone like him to to you know uh, for it to go down well. So I've gone for him. Um, but yeah, obviously we will do the poll. Um, will I win? Probably, because everyone loves me. 
we'll I think I think this is we're going to have to introduce some sort of promotion season rule. Otherwise, you're going to name the whole squad that everybody loves because he got promotion. <laughs> it's you know you you'll be naming like Joel Coleman. I love Joel, but. You'll name him just because he'll be the only person you've not mentioned out of the promotion squad. <laughs> oh, uh, Pornovich, he's going to be next. Pornovich. So while we all you know, laugh on um, in the meantime, we'll hear from, uh, from a Watford fan. So um, to tell us a little bit more about the, the new boss and stuff, we spoke to uh, Geordie from uh, Watford Podcast from the Rookery End, and here's what he had to say. Cool. So I'm joined online now by uh, Jordy Connor from the Watford podcast from the Rookery End. Jordy, how are you? I'm doing well, mate. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Can't complain. Um, even though we can't really go outside at the moment. But anyway, um, <laughs> got football to keep us entertained. So um, obviously, it wasn't long since we played each other. Um, it was well, it was just last month. But um, what did you make of, of Huddersfield in, in the previous match? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, I think I think you guys are, um, like I said, a solid a solid championship team. You know, I, I don't think you're necessarily the favourites to get promoted and that's going to be kind of how you start the season. I don't think you're expected to get relegated. I think we, we spent a good period of our time in a similar position. Um, a few years back, kind of where you, you know, obviously the playoffs keep you excited to an extent. Um, towards the end of the season in the championship, we was hoping that you're going to go on that run of like eight games of wins, but obviously you don't. But it keeps you interested. I think you know, looking at you're 23 games in and you're 13th, so I think you're pretty much an established, safe championship team, and I guess that gives you um, a base if you like to build on because. I didn't, I, I didn't think when we went, when we played last time, you had any particular outstanding players that uh, you depended on excessively. Um, so it's not like someone's going to come in and pinch your star player and suddenly you're going to sink down the table. I think you've, you've got a good basis. So I think with, uh, and this is going to be a bit rich coming from a Watford fan, a bit of stability um, and, uh, and, uh, and confidence and, and, and slowly building. I think, you know, you, you've got, you've got a, a stadium that is worthy of, a higher level you know you've got an infrastructure there you know you've got a, a decent sized town to, to back you up it's not like you share the town with with a you know Huddersfield City or whatever uh or well, it would be City and town would it but you know Rovers or something mm. um so I think I think I think you're, you're in a good position if you've got uh an old Watford hero in, in Jonathan Hogg who kind of played a big role in that in that goal against Leicester that was quite it's quite famous when he headed it back mm. to Troy Deeney so so I think I think you know you're a you 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 you're in a position where you'll give anyone a game, 
Um, but you, I don't think you'd be in any danger of getting relegated or getting sucked into that. Um, I think there's plenty of teams that are just doing that for themselves. And uh, but similarly, similarly, I don't know if you'll have the like enough of a good run over a long enough period of time and sustain it to get yourself kind of in the promotion contention. So uh, I guess it's what you call like a, a good championship team in transition. But you kind of did you won two nil against us and didn't have to work for it too much. Yeah, well, it's nice to see you on the charm offensive as well, mate. That will go very, down very well with the listeners. But uh, yeah, I think we were quite lucky. We made quite a few mistakes normally in the season. So it was nice to have uh, two mistakes in the previous one. Um, but what was kind of surprising, I think for, for us anyway, was to see uh, Vladimir Ivic get, get sacked after the game. Um, and you've got your, your new boss in now, uh, Zisco. Um, first of all, were you, were you surprised for, to see him go? I know, I know Watford's got a bit of a reputation. And then also... I know it's early days, but what's the new boss doing differently? Um, I don't think if you've been following Watford for the last decade, you can be overly surprised if a bad three or four games uh, results in a change of, of, of head coach. Because I think there's, I guess there's three things you can change. One is the people making the decisions. One is the players and one is the head coach. And inevitably one of those is only one person. Uh, and it's a lot easier and quicker to do. So the, the head coach role at Watford is a bit of a, not a poison chalice, because that makes it sound like it's, um, you know, a bad thing. But it's not a, a manager in a traditional sense. So, you know, obviously, probably our fa- most famous manager is Graham Taylor, and he was, you know, Elton John was a chairman. Elton John kind of bankrolled it um, to an extent with, with his uh, musical business, and Graham Taylor ran the club, um, and he was, the, the buck stopped with him. At Watford, they've got um, a, a system which, when it works, it works. And so the first few sackings that we were getting stick for, the fans didn't bat an eyelid because uh, the, the, the way it was is, you know, Scott Duxbury and Gino Pozzo and uh, one other technical person, uh, depending on who's in that role, will kind of maintain the consistency. And the man at the head coach's job is then to run the, run the football side, run the football team. Uh, uh, and the benefit of that is, in, in theory, that if a coach leaves and takes the coaching staff, you're not, he doesn't gut the club and, you know, and take all your scouting prospects and, and all, the, all the bits with it. It's just the coaching level has to be re- replaced, which obviously a, generally a manager or coach comes with his coaching staff. So it, it makes sense. So, you know, when we were letting people go in, in when we were in the championship and even in the Premier League, uh, when Flores and Matsari went, it wasn't too much of a problem. Um, but it feels like, to me, a little bit when Marco Silva left, it wasn't on the club's terms. Uh, and it feels like since then, uh, and it's maybe, maybe been a bit too simplistic, it's been a bit more reactive in our approaches. And we've kind of, whereas before it was strategic, a manager to establish in the championship, a manager to get us up, a manager to keep us up, a manager to grow us. And then Silva, in theory, a manager to take the next step. Since then, it's been firefighting and panicking, which has kind of seen the, um, the situation we had. And we hoped we'd draw a line under it with Ivic because obviously... At like the end of the season, a relegation was like a chance to, to put a line under it. And he came in and obviously he was touted as a disciplinarian and he is kind of your, our, your typical James Bond villain, kind of Baltic, sorry, Baltic Balkan, um, kind of never smiled, kind of villainous looking character. Um, but maybe he was too much of that and it kind of sucked the joy a little bit out of it. And whether it's power, power whether it's uh, the fact that really is a team that's recently been relegated and still got players that would consider themselves Premier League players and we weren't attacking 
enough, particularly on the road. Maybe they felt that, you know, they, they're not scared to make a change. So, so I wasn't surprised to see him go because even though we were in contention, we weren't, um, we weren't running away with it. And we were kind of probably where we should be um, based on how we were playing. But that's because we were doing very well at home. And as you saw, kind of keystone cops on the road or, or um, sitting deep on the road rather than taking a game to a team, which you'd, you'd, you'd hope we'd do. So Chisco uh, Munoz came in. Um, he's been at, uh, I think, Tbilisi in Georgia. So again, not unless someone's like, you know, loads up all the leagues on football manager, they probably won't have heard much of him. Uh, but he, as a, as a personality, is very much chalk and cheese. He's very bubbly. You know, if 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 Ivic was a, an archetypal uh, kind of Serbian, kind of stony-faced and, uh, you know, very disciplined and doesn't crack a smile, very kind of dry, then Chisco looks like he's about to kind of um, slap on a bit of cologne and uh, and head out to the nightclub kind of character. He's very much, you know, very bubbly, very effusive. And sometimes, as silly as it sounds, um, that might be all it needs to kind of get the players relaxed and, and confident and uh, and to feel that basically it's on them. Because if you've got someone who's who's managing and being very disciplined, you can say, well, it's his fault because he's making the rules. He's, if you've got a guy saying, go out there and play and show me what you can do, if you don't do it, that's, that's down on you. So it, it remains to be seen. It's not like we've brought in Mourinho or Klopp or someone who's kind of, you know, at the top of their game and and and, uh, and uh, you're expecting immediate success from. I have to keep my fingers crossed with him. But um, he's had a very hard start. Obviously, Norwich, his first game, Swansea, his second game, and, and Man United, his third game. So top two in the championship and then top of the Premier League at the moment. Um, 1-1 against Norwich, lost two by a single goal. Um, so I think we've got a run of games coming now against yourselves, like Barnsley, more traditional championship teams. And it, it kind of remains to be seen as, you know, has he... Has he managed to work a bit of magic in that period, and and can he can he start the ball rolling? Because as you know, as having gone up, you know, not too long ago, you need to have that consistent. Or having come down as well, you know, you need consistency if you're going to change a division. You know, either we've got to be consistently crap or consistently good. Um, and both of our clubs have demonstrated the ability to do that um, in the last last decade. Um, and, and so our hope, if we are to go up, is I mean, probably probably playoffs because you know there's only two spaces, and you look at Norwich, you look at Bournemouth, you look at Swansea, you look at Brentford, you look at us and other. There's a lot of, lot of teams going for it. It's like the top of the Premier League where, you know, only one's going to win the league. You know, only only four are going to get in the Champions League, but there's maybe six or seven hoping to get in the Champions League. It's similar in the Championship. So as long as we stay in contention and we, you know, then, as you know, the playoffs are just really potluck. So fingers crossed that he's got the um, bit of charm and the bit of luck we need. No, well, yeah, no. I mean, we all know about the playoffs. I mean, if you uh, we had negative goal difference and went up, so like you say, anything can happen. Um, you, you mentioned he had a hard start. Um, you're right. I, I, I suppose we'll come on to the game on Saturday. We've got quite quite a lot of injuries. Um, so I imagine from from a Watford perspective, you see this as a bit of a a good one to uh, to to go on a bit of a run and, and win. So what, what are you kind of expecting from the game? And uh, my final question really is, um, I'll have to push you for a score prediction. So what do you think the score will be? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean a, a prediction, I mean, it's, it's, it's so difficult in a championship to predict a score because yeah, you see teams winning 4-1 uh, or, or losing 2-0. And it's really, you know, you can win 4-1, but at 0-0, the other team hit the crossbar or had a miss or had a player sent off, and it's kind of it, it changed it so much. So I think I think being at home, we would we would hope to or we would expect to certainly um, give you more of a game than we did at your place, and to uh, 
and to take the initiative uh, in a way that we we didn't. Um, obviously, you know, uh, you you scored from a from us goofing about with it at the back and then a corner, and that's because we let you into the final third. I think hopefully we'll make you work a bit harder and therefore reduce um, our capacity to commit kind of calamitous mistakes. So don't don't rely on them again. I hope. Um, so I guess I get you know you beat us two 0 I think I don't think we'll beat you by more than two if we beat you. I don't think it's going to be a particularly a, a route in any way. I would expect you know even even under Ivic our home form was better than our away form much better. And that's why we are where we are. So a tight game, um, one one goal, no two one three one maybe to us if we get if we get you know a bit lucky in front of goal. Um, always liable to concede one. So you know, that's why I've not kept given us a clean sheet. But um, I guess as long as it's not uh, like a really boring nil-nil uh, or, uh, you know, or, or you guys winning <laughs> from my point of view, uh, then, then any, anything's good for him to kind of get back uh, to, to start in a winning run. Cause obviously a winning run has to start with one game and having lost our last league game to Swansea, ideally for us, it would be you guys. So, so I think, I think that, but again, like I said, like I said to you before, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you did the double over us, you know, we could, we're not dangerous. I don't know if you watched the Man United game. One of the areas we lack um, uh, proficiencies in front of goal. So we haven't got a centre forward uh, who is a, a goal scorer. Uh, and obviously we create chances. I think I saw a thing with like XG and stuff, and we would be much doing much better than if we than if, if the games had finished according to the XG, which obviously some people don't don't really pay much attention to, but that's our problem. So. You know, if you guys want to return the favour and give us a couple of sitters, then um, that will help and be very gratefully appreciated. Well, asking you shall receive because uh, we do have quite a few injuries to defence, so we're going to have to chuck a load of kids in. So uh, you might just get your wish, mate. But um, Jordy, thanks so much for coming on, man, and um, best luck no for the rest of the season after. Yeah, likewise. Of course, yeah. All right. Okay, so that's what Jordy had to say um, when he spoke to me. Because, you know, it's all about me. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'll shut up in a sec. And it's time for us to be your, the coach for this game. So we're looking at our lineups and a score prediction. Uh, I forgot a match spiel about the managers, something to do with Wagner's hat and Corbrand's chinos. But uh, what lineup are you going for, lads? I'm going to come to come to you, Marcus. Uh, again, I'm being nice because you're a special guest who's helping us out. So um, what lineup are you going for? Um, bit of a tough one, really, with no Nabisar, Iting, and Benza, Pritchard, or Dia Carby, but uh, no pressure, mate. <laughs> yep, so I'm going to go for a 4 2 3 1 formation uh, with Schofield in goal, uh, Pippa, Edmonds Green, and I'm going to go with Harry Toffolo at centre back, and then Jaden Brown in at left back. Uh, I'm going to go with Hogan Vallejo as a midfield two, with Rolando Aaron's Bakuna and O'Brien just behind Fraser Campbell. Oh, nice, nice. I like that. Um, what What do you think the score is going to be, mate? Just before we, uh... oh, uh, we do that? I can't remember. Yeah, tell us the score. score prediction. I'm going to put it out there and go two two. Oh, oh, I like it. I would. I tell you what, mate. I would take that right now. Snap your hand off. Well, Chris, what, you oh, I, I see what you're doing. Well, I think this is this is a tough one to be honest because again we've got so many injuries. Um, so I, I've actually gone based on based on injuries. I've gone for three five two really. So 
I've got Schofield and goal. Um, obviously, Ben looks like Ben Hamer's off to Swansea anyway, so uh, don't really have another choice. And I've got um, Edmonds Green, and I've got Critchlow in there, but I've also got Vallejo because he can play centre-back, and I, I think if Sars out, we need a bit of experience in there. Um, and I, I thought he looked quite comfortable on, on the ball. Uh, I've got my five of uh, Pippa, O'Brien, Hogg, and I was was kind of weighing it up, but I've probably gone for, for Osterfield. Again, I think that's just lack of lack of options, really, and then Toffolo. And then for the two strikers, again, we've seen Mbenza and Campbell play there, but um, Mbenza's out because he's self-isolating, uh, even though he tested negative. So uh, Ward, it sounds like it's going to be on the bench, um, but not quite fit. So I've gone for Campbell and Phillips. I wonder if uh, this is a game for Kieran Phillips. No, no pressure on the lad, really. You know, again, again, not expected to win. But unfortunately for for my score, I, I, I see there's been a loss. I think this will be a three-one loss. Chris. Yeah, I mean the the whole thing about this, like I said, is just so unknown. So I, I'm not even really sure. I want to try and guess guess the whole eleven. Uh, I'll pick out a couple of bits from yours. I can see Vallejo playing centre-back. I can also, again, see him playing forward. I think with the two youthful centre-backs, you know, that at least they'll be able to match that physicality and athleticism of, of the forward line for um, for Watford of the front two there. And maybe with Vallejo and Hogg sitting in front, I quite like that idea of the 4-2-3-1. That's probably what I'd do. I'm not sure if it's what they'd do. I think the strength of the team is is obviously going to be the full-backs still. So Pippa and Toffolo, it's important that they're still um, in place. And I think in front of them, with obviously O'Brien, Bakuna, again, solid enough. Fraser Campbell working hard up top. Um, so, yeah, I, it's, it's just that back line that worries me. And playing a 4-4-2 against two high-class strikers, good wide players, it doesn't fill me with much confidence uh, unless we can dominate the middle of that pitch. So I'd probably keep Vallejo slightly higher. Um, to, to try and control the middle of the pitch and, and, and outnumber them in central midfield. I'm, I just don't see an, a happy ending to this. The only happy ending I could see, and I'm just it's almost like a disclaimer, is if they do continue to like let us have the ball and try and build uh, and try and pick us off. I think that would be awfully foolish, considering the the team that we're likely to put out and the fact it's the home game. They're so good at home, we're so poor away. We've got loads of injuries. It's just an uncertain time. So, I can see I'm going to go with the same score that you did, Brady. 3-1 loss. God, we're so positive this week. I mean, to be fair, you know, um, when the chips are looking down, something always unexpected can happen. I, I actually thought uh, Pat Jones played pretty well as well. Um, you know, and obviously Aaron's in there. So, who knows? We, we could be wrong. Um, but, well, let's hope we, we are anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've got a prediction right, mate. We probably should say we could be right. We might yeah. want to be right. <laughs> there is a chance we might be right. But uh, yeah, anyway, let, let's hope we're all wrong and um, let's hope we have a surprise victory. But um, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, cheers, cheers to everyone for, for giving us a listen. And um, yeah, we'll be back uh, with a live pod next week, but also with a, a Millwall preview because we've got a midweek game. So tune in for that. Oh, what a night Late in May in 2017 Shinder scored, it was a heffing dream What a feeling, what a night Oh, what a night Wagner singing, we are
our Premier League The greatest sights in George's squared at sea What an evening, what a night Got a funny feeling when he walks and offends and then the commentator yelled he takes that chance Oh what a night Lost so safe in mesmerizing me Low low charge and flattened all Chelsea down for bridge or water night Oh I I got a funny feeling when he wore an offense and then the commentator yelled he takes a chance Oh Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 